0: final message preparing people to meet Jesus Jesus said the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a witness or a testimony to all nations and then the end will come What kingdom The gospel of the kingdom I don't know if you noticed a lot of people the gospel will be preached to the whole world so the gospel of the kingdom I'm going to suggest to you it's the kingdom of the creator God of love, whose laws are the design laws upon which he constructed reality to operate. It's his kingdom, how he built his universe to Rome. It's the good news of who our creator God and how he built reality to operate. That's the message. Has that message gone to the world? Fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great. She has become the home of demons and a haunt for every evil spirit, a haunt for every unclean and detestable bird. For all the nations have drunk the maddening wine of her adulteries. The maddening wine. Wine intoxicates, confuses, gets you to to not be able to think clearly. These are the lies about God. It's a metaphor for the lies about God that have been imbibed, that have been ingested, that have been taken into the hearts, minds, that have been taken into the churches, so that there's confusion. Specifically, the, the core intoxicant is this idea that God's law functions like human law, an imposed system of rules, which then every cascading distortion comes from god then becomes imperial he's the source of pain he's the source of of suffering and death from which we need protection remember the law of worship by beholding we become changed This is why the Bible says, let us fix our eyes on Christ, the author and finisher or perfecter of our faith, faith. as we fix our eyes on Christ by beholding him, we become like him as we esteem, adore, model after, and choose to identify with. We know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. This transforming process requires that we come back and worship him. The gospel of the kingdom of love must go to the world so that we have the good news. This is our God. This is who the creator really is like. It's like Jesus has revealed him to be, which requires we reject the imperial views of God with its human law construct and worship the creator. Thus again, the the revelation, first angel's message to to give glory to God. Remember, the eternal gospel is to go to the world, the gospel of the kingdom, and we are to give glory to him and worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. But then after this message goes to the world, another message is to go that Babylon has fallen. This system, this system of confusion, this system of 44,000 different Christian groups all arguing amongst themselves about what this verse or that verse means, this system of confusion has fallen. It doesn't transform hearts and minds. I don't know if you know the data. But the data shows that child abuse rates are no different in Christian homes and non-Christian homes. Spouse abuse rates are no different. Uh, pornography use is no different. Addiction rates are no different. Why is there this form of godliness that Paul talks about, but it denies the power thereof? Because, it, because this system of fallen Babylon teaches a God that functions like the systems of the world imperialism rules inflicted punishments which only incite more fear obstruct our ability to trust doesn't uh, result in the transformation of God's love dwelling in the heart I'm going to talk to you about the the bible sabbath an aid to human healing but when you hear about the bible sabbath did you cringe did you get get a little like Uh, I don't know, is this going to be one of those, like, legal things? Well, because as soon as we say anything, what's the first question you ask? What law lens are you looking through? What law lens do you understand Sabbath through? The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. This is Jesus' words, not mine. Does that mean that the Sabbath was made for the Jewish people, not the Jewish people for the Sabbath? Or was it made for humankind? Remember the Sabbath of Eve at holy, six days the Lord created. There's something going on here. Something uh, uh, about God's creatorship. That, that message that we are to worship Him who made, there's something going on here. How is the Sabbath understood through design law? God spoke through Moses, and said, you must observe my Sabbath. This will be a sign between me and you for generations to come that you might know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. The Lord, who makes us holy? The Lord makes us holy. The Sabbath is is somehow a sign on God's process or evidence or methods or principles or practices that make us holy. Now, let me ask you this. If you have an orgy of pagan worship on the Sabbath, have you made it less holy? If you have righteous living on Sabbath, have you made it more holy? Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Are you actually changing the holiness of Sabbath by your behavior? So are we keeping the Sabbath holy or are we keeping ourselves holy? And can you keep yourself holy one day in seven? That's saw some discomforting looks. That was my deal. That was the rule that I was taught. I have to do this, avoid all that bad stuff one day in seven, and the other six days are mine to party. That is imperial law. Think. I can't do this. After sunset on Friday until sunset on Saturday, the TV goes off, this goes off, the ball game goes off, uh, da 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 da, and the list goes on. But once the sun sets on Saturday, I got six days to do all that stuff. Can we really be holy one day in seven? So, what is the purpose of the Sabbath? It is a sign, a flag, a mark. A pennant, a banner, a flare, an attention seeker, a resource for your healing. How did the Sabbath become a day of rest? A day that is hallowed or sacred. It became that way by its creation. It was constructed, designed, built, created by God in this way. What was happening the week that the Sabbath was created? Remember, Jesus' own words, the Sabbath was made for man. Some of you may have the idea that because the Sabbath is in the Ten Commandments, and you have this idea that God's law is eternal, that the Sabbath has always been in existence. The Sabbath has not always been in existence, The Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath is measured by the rotation of this planet in relationship to that sun, which didn't exist until day four of creation of this planet. The Sabbath was made, created, built, constructed for man, for humanity, because what was happening in the universe the week that the Sabbath was made, the week that humankind was made, there was already war in heaven. Satan had begun a campaign to undermine trust in God. The, the uh, Revelation text that says there was war in heaven, the word is polemo, from where we get polemic. It is not a war of physical might. He didn't get tanks or artillery or flaming swords or or lightsabers. He used words. He's the father of lies. He told lies about God to infect minds, to incite rebellion, to undermine love, to break trust. Satan alleged that God is arbitrary. God's laws are imposed, rules requiring punishment. God responded. By giving evidence of how he runs things, by creating a new planet and solar system. By the way, many people get confused when they, when they hear the astronomers and the, and the evolutionists talk about how the, earth, uh, the universe is billions of years old, and, and, and Christians say, well, the earth is maybe six, 10,000 years old, and they go, they... that's because there's confusion, because Genesis 1 does not teach creation of the universe. If you read Job chapter 38, you will read where it says that the sons of God or the angels in heaven sang together for joy when the foundations of the earth were laid. If the angels are singing for joy when the foundations of earth are laid, what does that mean? They already exist. They were already alive somewhere. And so Genesis 1 is teaching terraforming and creation of our solar system. And on day four, let us create the sun, moon, and stars, the stars of the solar system, Mercury, Venus, Mars, the brightest stars we see at night. This is what's transpiring. So God responds because there is a question about how he runs things. So let's make us a microcosm where everybody can see, and the earth was created to operate in harmony with God's design, a a. A world teeming with life, everything ecosystem operating, everything giving to others so that life can continue from the oxygen cycle, the water cycle, to the pollination cycle, to all the various circles built around this whole planet. And Adam and Eve was given dominion to govern. And after God finishes creating and giving this evidence, he says to the universe, universe, you've heard the allegations against us. You've seen the evidence that we've just given. Now, universe, I rest my case. Take 24 hours aside. Consider what you've seen. Come to your own conclusion. No coercion. No pressure. I give you freedom to choose. What does it say about God that in the context of a war over his right to rule... Rather than using power to force, to coerce, he instead creates a day of freedom for people to think. Day one through six of creation week, we learn God is powerful. That's what we learn. He's powerful. Do you understand? We take a few grams of matter and we turn that back into energy. That's a nuclear explosion. Just from a few, that's how much energy is just in a few grams. How much energy, how much power did it take to create this planet, this solar system, our sun, set it in order and and organize it to operate the way it does and then create life on this planet? Uh, Do you understand the incredible amount of power that was displayed that week? And you can imagine the liar using that opportunity, looking to the onlooking universe and said, guys, I never said he wasn't powerful. I said, you can't trust him with the use of the power. He coerces, he threatens, and that's what he's doing now. He's flexing his muscles, he's intimidating. He's telling you, if you don't get in line and do it his way, he'll snuff you out and he can replace you with a new intelligence anytime he wants. He's powerful for sure, but he's not trustworthy. And that's when God says, Universe, you've seen the evidence. I rest my case. You're free. No coercion, no pressure. The Sabbath is a sign. Consider the flag of the United States. We don't have one in this room, but if we had a flag of the United States, the flag of the United States its known all over the world. Anywhere in the world you go and you see that flag, you know what it represents. It represents the United States of America. And everyone in the world knows it. Is the flag the United States of America? It is not the United States of America. It is simply a sign. It's a a flag. It's a pennant. It's an evidence. It's a representation. It's a symbol of the United States. It is not the government of the United States of America. The Sabbath became a day of worship by design, by creation, and it stands as the sign or evidence of the Creator who presents truth, revealing it in nature, writing His laws into things, in love and leaves people free. That's what the Sabbath reveals. You understand, if God were actually the kind of being Satan alleges he is, there would not be a Sabbath because we would not have freedom to think. We would be compelled or coerced. And so the Sabbath stands as a sign and evidence of God's character of truth, love, freedom. Freedom. Sunday became a day of worship, and any theologian from any denomination will tell you, it became a day of worship through legislation. The church met in council and voted this day as the day the church will recognize as a day of worship. And thus, the Sunday represents imperialism, not design law, but imperial law, not creator's kingdom, but human law kingdoms. That's what it represents as a sign. Now, if you think about the flag of the United States, does that mean any, everybody who wears or waves that flag is loyal to the United States? I don't know if you know, but in World War II, enemy soldiers would don, don American uniforms with the U.S. flag to infiltrate U.S. lines to cause trouble. They were wearing the American flag. They were not on the American team, and they were not supporting the American government. Just because someone waves the Sabbath flag or goes to church on the seventh day Sabbath does not mean they're representing the kingdom of God. Think about the Jews who put Christ on the cross. They wanted him down by sunset so they could keep the Sabbath of the God they just killed. Observing the Sabbath doesn't mean you're on the team. people who worship on Sunday, but practice the methods of God's kingdom. They present truth in love for other people and leave other people free. They're Sabbath keepers. They're waving the flag, even though they don't realize it, because the flag represents those principles of God's kingdom. It's a sign of the kingdom. These two days represent two days. Governments, two methods of ruling, either creator ruler with design law, truth, love, freedom, or imperial human law, coercive, compelling pressure, punishment, legislative. It's about two systems of of governing, two types of law, design versus imposed. And the days are connected directly to their origins as days of worship thus they stand as the representation or signs or flags of the two types of government and it's the two types of government you align with that really matters so the final message is is about the truth about god as creator whose character is love and whose laws are design laws it's about freeing people from the enslavement of a beastly imperial view of god Thus restoring in people God's law of love written into their hearts, minds, and characters. The new covenant experience. I'll write my law on your hearts and minds. That's what God wants to achieve. Such that they do not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Fear and selfishness has been eradicated. Love for God and others. Standing for righteousness and truth is more important than protecting self. Because when he appears, we will be like him because we have exchanged the lies for the truth and by beholding him have been changed. And the Sabbath is evidence of God's character and a blessing to humankind as it is a resource given to us by God to exercise our trust in him by remembering God's design laws and practicing them in our lives. You understand what's so cool about this particular evidence? Is that every human being passes through it every week. Every week you pass through it. Every week you go through it. You may not be aware of it, but every week you you have the opportunity to appreciate and understand. Uh, the question asked earlier, I will uh, that uh, asked earlier by Sam about evidences for a creator God. One of the evidences for a creator God that that, in addition to what I said earlier, is the seven day weekly cycle. You understand months relate to the moon. Years relate to the earth rotating around the sun. Days re- re- relate to the, the movement of the earth on its axis in relation to the sun. All measures of time have an astronomical basis except the week. The seven-day week, there is no basis for in any, phys- in any um, uh, astronomical basis. It is based in the weekly Sabbath. In every culture of the world throughout history had a weekly Sabbath. And most of the languages of the world call the seventh day Sabbath. Spanish, sabato, sabato, sabato and then sabato in Italian, and so forth and so on and so on. You can see hundreds of languages. And when I presented this to godless people about the seven-day weekly cycle, they have no explanation. There is no godless explanation for that. Time for your roundtable discussion.